The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. My next item is my favourite, I must say. Uh, it's all about Mick Jagger. And I want to welcome Dave Fanning and Fiona O'Brien on. Welcome to the show, guys. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Dave. <laughs> Good stuff. Come well, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? That's, I mean, 80 years of age on Wednesday. I mean, who would have thought it? He said when he was younger, he'd never reach old age. Here's a scientific fact, guys, about, about Mick Jagger. He's unprecedented. His son, get this, right, is younger than his great-granddaughter. Now, never in the history of life on Earth has, has that ever wow. happened. Which, isn't that incredible? Who would have thought? I'll say it again. His son is younger than his great-granddaughter. He's got eight children. But Fiona, I might start with you. Now, by the way, Fiona, it's a great thrill to talk to you because uh, when I was in London and, and, and the famous Hot House Flowers of the Eurovision, and I was so proud as an Irish person to see that uh, great, great performance. So it's great to talk to you. But, but give us your memories about, about Mick Jagger because I think you've got a fair few interesting ones. Well, I mean, I think I, I first probably discovered him, you know, in my early teens. And I don't know, I think I saw a program on TV about the blues being presented by Alexis Corner and Mick Jagger appeared at some point as well. You know, Alexis Corner was kind of this seminal English blues man. And, and then, you know, fast forward another couple of years to when I'm about 15, 16, 17, 1982, I decided that I was going to go and see the Stones at Slane. So, which was just after Tattoo U had come out. And that was a record that I, I, went, I bought that record, you know, my pocket money and, and completely fell in love. One of those records, I just stick the head in between the speakers and lie on the floor and listen to it top to bottom over and over and over again. Start Me Up was the big song that hooked me into that. I was the, the single at the time, which I thought was just incredible when I first heard it. So off I went to Slane with my friend Christoph, who was my, my friend right. exchange at the time. So we decided we were going to go down to Slane. And so I think we got the bus at seven o'clock in the morning. We ended up down in the front row at Slane. That's probably about nine or half nine. You know, I don't even know if you could bring water with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like an, an absolute adventure. And then, you know, we saw the Chieftains. We saw who were great. We saw George Thorogood and the Delaware Destroyers, who were incredible. And we saw the Jay Giles band, uh, who who I really, who I liked as well. And then, of course, the Stones came on stage. You know, at, I don't know, nine o'clock or something yeah. that night, and it was still bright. And it was extraordinary. They started with under my thumb. You know, right. we were just right up the front and completely into it. You'll never forget yeah. it, I guess. My memory of that, no, I remember it as well. Yeah, my memory was, how are they, what are these old guys doing playing? Even then I thought they were old. You know, that was the yeah, strange thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a no, true thing that, that you, your health was threatened by the Rolling Stones because you began smoking Marlboro cigarettes <laughs> because it was Keith Richards' brand. Is that right? I, I, listen, I was smoking two of them at a time think, to make myself twice as cool as I thought I was. <laughs> um, yeah, he smoked Marlboro Red at the time. And like, there I was going off smoking furtively. Yeah. Cool, coolest thing ever, back. yeah. But I've got oh, to ask you, you, you've met the man himself, haven't you? You've met Mick Jagger, so what, what happened well, there? Well, I've, I've met Mick briefly. I mean, we, we all got to know Ronnie, um, because Ronnie lived in, in Kildare, and, you know, we, we, we'd run into Ronnie out and about at gigs or in town, and, and, and he was such a friendly, affable guy. And then the Stones were recording in Windmill Lane, uh, at one point, and we ended up back there, you know, after being out for a few pints or whatever, and listening to the track, listening to what they were working on, turned up to beyond 11. And then we got invited to, we just, in, it was 1998, and we just put out a new record called Born, and we got invited to open for the Stones in, in Germany yeah. and in Spain. And it was, I think we'd come off, in, in fact, I was looking at the dates the other day, it was 25 years ago. Was it? Yes. Three days ago, on the 20th of July, 1998, we played in Barcelona. And it was after that gig that we got, you know, 
the nod to come. Mick wanted to say hello, so we went into Mick's kind of, you know, boudoir and dressing yeah. room. Yes, and he was just there. He was. Um, this is a little looking and, and very gracious. Very obviously, you know, this was. He probably does this with everybody he opens, but it's a, it's a level of professionalism and grace that I think was, was, yeah. we were really impressed by. And he just kind of welcomed us and thanked us. Right, very nice. As simple yeah. as that, you and, know. And you couldn't get a selfie back in those days, I imagine, either. That we couldn't. Tough. You know what? We did get one photograph with the whole week, because we were obviously dying to get the photograph of yeah. the Hollands Flowers with the Rolling Stones. And there was one which I've never seen to this day. And I remember Keith Richards snarling as he does, <laughs> sort of pirate-like. This is a scam. You know, kind of, the lads are just looking for their photos and we never saw it. I don't know whether he put the cowboy shot. It's like the look of himself or something. I right. don't know. Now, Dave, i got to turn to you because uh, obviously you must have memories. You, you were at Slane as well, I presume, were you, in 82? Well, it's funny you should mention Slane because if you think about it, it's 42 years ago now and even then the headlines were the strolling bones and that they're going to have to have defibrillators on stage and everything because they're so old, you know. They've obviously only got a few years left in them. They should have given up years ago. They're too old to be doing this gig. And that was 42 yeah. years ago. It's hilarious. It's, yeah, it's that startling, was great fun, isn't it? I mean, I wonder myself, there's Elton John. I mean, no, we never imagined back in those days that these guys would be still touring, do we, and playing the old songs. I mean, what gets me is how many times have the Stones played Satisfaction? It must, be, must get boring for them eventually, doesn't it? You know? Did you, yeah, did you ever think that, that year, years later, these guys would still be on tour and still be doing stuff? You know, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, just to put it all in perspective, take a look at something on YouTube. I don't know what it's actually called. It's, um, it's a song called Out of Control. And it's from Stockholm from the end of August last. In other words, Mick is in his 80th year. And just take a look at Mick Jagger on stage, doing all the stuff that you expected him to do 40 years ago, still doing it right now. You know, he's just absolutely astonishing. It really is just weird to see it. And then, the, you know, he's very nimble and pencil thin and kind of preening peacock as he always was, you know. And like, you know, he does all his stuff these days. He was the enduring icon of counterculture for ages. And now... The poster boy for healthy living, you know, 12, yeah. does he really do 12 kilometers a day before tours, kickboxing, ballet, yoga? He does weights. He does about five to 10 miles on stage. And what was his father years ago, which a lot of people weren't back in the 1930s and 40s? He was a PE instructor. Ah, yes, you see. Now. Well, I mean, it strikes me as um, that it's not very rock and roll, all this, is it really? You know? I mean, clearly he must have great medical care. Whoa, 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 hold on. Whoa, 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 hold on a second. Did you just say Mick Jagger and not very rock Isn't and roll? Isn't it strange? Yeah, How uh, dare uh, you? It's horrendous to say he always has been and still is. Next. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, let's let's talk about Henry Mount Charles, right? Because uh, he was the key guy, wasn't he, in so many ways, to bring the stones to Slane and so on. And you've got a story about him. I believe you're eavesdropping on a conversation. How did you know about oh, this? Oh, great oh, research God. here in News Talk. Fantastic. Yeah, I was in the castle. It was just so funny to hear. It was about the second gig, was it? I mean, you two and Phil Lizzie had been the first one or something. And I remember he was just talking, so, no, no, no. He was talking to somebody in England, I think. I don't. I didn't hear the other part of the phone call. So, no, 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 no. We have a band. They're playing in the garden. No, no, they're playing in the garden now. Yes, they are, yeah. It's the Rolling Stones. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> them, yeah. It's just so funny. Like, like he was trying to tell somebody he has a band playing in his back garden. It's yeah. the Rolling Stones. It's a great boast, isn't it? Now, I've got to ask you, Dave, because anybody listening, Dave Fanning knows more about the Beatles than I do, which is a startling admission, given how much I know. Well, but, uh, I don't know as much about Albert Hammond Jr., and I don't necessarily know as <laughs> much about Steve Harley and Cockney <laughs> Rebel. And I'll tell you one thing, all these bands are not as good as the Metabolic Squad. Oh, well said, well said. <laughs> I, I fed you that line. Okay, uh, the, Remember the question, and if you can answer this, I'll ask you, 
Who, who did you prefer, the Beatles or the Stones? That was always the, the, the debate, wasn't it? I know, it was a stupid question because, number one, I was a Beatles person all the way. I was in their fan club from the age of seven and by the age of whatever I was, 13 or 14, they were broken up and all the rest of it, etc. So they meant so much to me. But if anybody wants to tell me that the Rolling Stones are the greatest band in the world, I will absolutely go along with that. It's astonishing. You look at some of the bigger bands even playing now who might have six or seven big hits and that can take them over two and three decades touring and all the rest of it. The, like the, the, the Rolling Stones have about 40 songs that are so amazing and so good that like they just are the best. Live on stage, the best as well. Still the best. It's bizarre. But like, listen to something, one song in particular. I mean, obviously, Let's Spend the Night Together and stuff would be my favourite. But there's one song. I was asked recently about something like, well, you go, if you go to a movie, when was the last time you cried? I heard this on the radio six weeks ago. And honestly, I was crying. It's just the greatest song Possibly, well, not of all time because that's not strawberry fields forever. But uh, um, that's give me shelter. It's ah, yeah, amazing, astonishing. Uh, I'm with you on that. And, Dave. It, the, and for the uh, times uh, we live in, Dave, especially, it very resonates with Ukraine and all sorts absolutely. of things. But remember all the early blues things they did, like I want to be a man and come on, little red rooster. That was Willie Dixon and Chuck yeah. Berry and all those kind of things. And then they went into just their own stuff, which is just incredible, from yeah. honky tonk women to paint it black, etc. And then all the later stuff. Some really there's been some bad stuff too, and some dodgy albums and. Keith was on dodgy drugs and they fought an awful lot. But I mean, some amazing stuff over the 25 albums. Amazing. Were, were they an influence on, on, on the flowers? They must have been, I presume. And, and well, also, they were certainly an influence on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I was probably the biggest stone lover in the flowers, I, 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 would, I would imagine. Um, uh, but I'm completely, I'm with Dave on Give Me Shelter. I mean, at that gig in Barcelona, my brother was over there. We, we were kids. I was in my, I don't know, mid-twenties or something. And my brother was younger than me. And we, and, and we met, we, were at the, we got ourselves out to the crowd. And when Give Me Shelter started, I kid you not, floods of tears. Just uncon- yeah. uncontrollably started, you know, flowing down my face. I couldn't really understand it. Not that you'd want to understand it, but it's just the power of the that power. song. Yeah, and the riff. It's incredible. And, 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 and Vic, it's all about the riff, isn't it? And of course, Keith was the great man, the riff meister, wasn't he? And he obviously did that. Well, Keith, is, Keith is incredible. I mean, Keith, I, I mean, I, you know, I, Keith and Ronnie would claim that they give Mick energy. And I think that's partially true. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, what, what Keith has brought into the whole picture is extraordinary because he's, he is the perfect foil to Mick. He's also a you know, he's a great songwriter himself. I mean, he, he came up with some of the great lyrics as well. But the, but the, the, the riffs and the way they just bounce off each other. Yeah. It's uh, a terrific thing. He's five strings. Is that right? That maybe Dave knows. He only plays on, a five on, string guitar. On guitar which which yes, strikes me as strange. It's an open tuning with five strings that creates kind of, the, 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 that creates, you know, his sound. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, and Dave, Mick, who looks at, at, at the other two sometimes, at Ron and also at Keith, more than at the drummer. I mean, no disrespect to Charlie. And that's the way Keith, uh, that, 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 that Mick kind of gets it. It's, it's slightly different than a lot of other bands. Now, again, Fiekna could tell you this. I don't know if you looked at your drummer all the time, but certainly I think that's what happens in most bands, not with the Stones. Mm. Yeah. Well, you see, another question, Dave, I've got to ask you this. The Beatles could never really do the blues, could they? Let's face it. <laughs> Whereas the Stones could. To me, that was always the big difference, you know? In other words, there was a bit of a deficit. And the, the, the Stones couldn't do lots of stuff that the Beatles could do, having said that. But you'd have to agree with that, wouldn't you? That the Stones... Yeah, I would in one way, but like, so what in some ways? Like, I mean, like if, if it was all blues-based at first and it's, it's 
still the blues for Keith. I mean, they went from the blues to psychedelia, then there was R&B, there was definitely country in there, there was folk and reggae and dance and world music, and there's trad English stuff too. I mean, they went the whole hog, and when they did it, they did it well. I mean, even disco, for a laugh, you know, Miss You. Like, it was yeah. a great disco song. It was absolutely brilliant. And Mick always knew he was taking the pee anyway, you know. He always knew a bit of a laugh. Like, if you listen to, um, what do you call it, uh, Far Away Eyes by yeah. the Stones, you know, where he really goes all in with that ridiculous American accent that he puts on. Yeah. And like, you know, the, the countryside of things. And it was, it was perfect, you know. It, it really was, was perfect. Well, well, I believe McCartney did dig into him. Did he? There was some interview about a year or two ago. And McCartney kind of said, well, that, all that Mick Jagger was in was putting on this American accent. <laughs> that was the accusation, you know, whereas the Beatles were more inclined to sing in their own accent, weren't they? The, the classic English accent came through on... Yeah, but I mean, like... What do you make of that as a criticism? If he, it's not a criticism. If he developed this whole thing over the years, Mick, then it's working for me all the way because he can still do it. And he's, he's always had it and it was, it's really been very good. I mean, it's even from the blues thing from the past, like the Muddy Waters... Uh, he, he's always said that, like, no doubt about it, that the Rolling Stones and all those white sort of pasty English guys stole, you know, American blues music. But they also garnered, like, a huge, like, I mean, Muddy Waters album sales went up tenfold, twentyfold, yeah. thanks to, you know, the. so, like, it, it all feeds off each other, you know? That's right. Well, great. well, my last quick couple of questions are as well. Dave, what's your favourite song? You might have told us already. And what do you want to say to Mick Jagger on his 80th birthday? <laughs> Well, actually, I'll tell you, Mick Jagger once bought me a drink. I can tell you that. Oh, no, that's oh, not did he? true. <laughs> no, I, I, was, I was in the points in Dublin. and it was a fashion show I was on. I was talking to uh, Eddie Jordan. And suddenly I found I was introduced to Mick Jagger standing at the bar. I talked to him for about five minutes. He got himself a, a, what do you call it, a vodka and tonic. He bought me a pint of something or other. And then I came back over to him. Mick Jagger got me a drink. I bought me a drink. He says, no, he didn't. It's a free bar. So free I can't bar. actually say that Mick Jagger bought me a drink. But um, my favourite song with that is, but there was no question, is Gimme Shelter. And, oh, you shouldn't want too much of a good thing, but it's the first 50 seconds, Mick doesn't come in with the vocals until then. I'd love if it went for 100 seconds. The, yeah. the intro should be longer, but you know, it's just so perfect. And what would you say to him? Because we, we might send this clip to him. You say, I'd say, happy birthday, yeah, Mick. That's right. Good man yourself. Good man yourself. Well. And take a look at that thing. Either A, Easy Sneezy, which is on YouTube at the moment with Dave Grohl. It's incredible from 2021. Yeah. Or look at Out of Control from Stockholm from the end of August and just look at Mick in his 80th year. Unbelievable. An inspiration. What would you say to him? And give us your, is it Gimme Shelter as well? Or, or what's your favourite well, number? Gimme Shelter certainly up there. I mean, Wild Horse is incredible. Uh, Sympathy for the Devil, incredible. There's so many of them. There's, you know, there's so many. And I can't wait. I mean, I believe there's a new, there's new music coming. The first is new there? original Good music. Good Lord. It's a bigger bang. I believe yeah, the first in 20 years. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to hear that. I mean, yeah. I'm hoping there's going to be a gem on there somewhere. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, yeah. But, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, Mick. <laughs> yeah, I'm up, yeah, that, that would just say to him, keep, keep going. Keep, right. you're, keep you're an inspiration. doing what you're doing. I mean, we love it. We yeah. love it. We love it. And, and, and I'm going to give you, hey, ready guys, some st- I'm a scientist. The statistics are startling. 250 million records sold. 1.5 million people turned up at the Copacabana Beach for their concert. $2 billion in ticket sales. It's, I mean, they are a, a, a business machine as well in so many ways. They've, they've generated lots of income for themselves. And I believe, Dave, they're, they're slightly better than you too with some of those metrics. Is that right? <laughs> Oh so, God, I'm sure they are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some of those sales figures and all the rest of it. Yeah, I don't think that's really necessarily the point. Don't forget, they've had three tours. That I think that were the biggest grossing tours of all of time. all time. And they were around times that some of the albums that went with them weren't necessarily great. Bridges to Babylon, Voodoo Lounge, A Bigger Bang, all of those. But I mean, you know, it's cool. It's yeah. cool, isn't it? Listen, guys, thanks ever so much for joining me this morning to talk about Mick Jagger at eighty. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.